Hey everybody, welcome back to season one, episode seven of Life Talk. I know, I know I need to get back on Life Talk. You know, I've been just dealing with stuff, personal things, family stuff, you know, just, just a lot really. But, um, but yeah, but you know, so, um, yeah, but anyways, so today, you know, for my podcast, I'll be reading a book, you know, I know I haven't been on here in a little minute, but today, you know, it's going to be just like a regular old book that I'm going to read. It's going to be, it's going to be called The Memory of Light by Francisco X. Stork. Let me give you a little background on the book first. Vicky Cruz, that's the character in the book. Vicky Cruz shouldn't be alive. That's what she thinks anyway. And why? She tried to kill herself, but then she arrives at Lakeview Hospital where she meets Mona, the live wire, Gabriel, the Saint EM, always angry, and Dr. Desai, a quiet force. With the stories and honesty, kindness, and hard work, they push her to reconsider her life before Lakeview and offer her an acceptance that she's never had. Yet Vicky's newfound peace is at is as fragile as the roses that grow around the hospital. And when a crisis forces the group to split up, sending her back to the life she drove, that drove her to suicide. Vicky must find her own courage and strength. She may not have any. She doesn't know. Inspired in part by the author's own experience with depression, the memory of light is the rare young adult novel that focuses not on the events leading up to a suicide attempt, but their recovery from one. About living when life doesn't seem worth it, and how we go on anyway. That's a little background about the book, so let's get started reading it. I'm sorry, <laughs> but okay. There's a letter to start off the book. Nana, I tried to write you in Spanish, but my but my español no es muy bueno en este momento. So I try in English. If you're reading this, it's because you found it taped in the back of Mama's painting. Take the painting with you to Mexico. The climbing pink roses remind you of Mama and maybe of me too. I know you're sad now as you read this. I wish I could tell you not to be triste, but I know you. Think of something happy and funny like the time I finally got you to go in the pool because it was good for your arthritis remember how i laughed and how you screeched when we went in how you held on to me for dear life the spanish word i never heard you say before when i let go of you <clears throat> and then i want to tell you this please don't think i don't love you or that i don't love becca or father or barbara either i held off from doing this for a long, long time because I knew how bad you and everyone would feel. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
But the love I have for all of you doesn't stop the hurts I feel inside. I'm sorry, my nana. I love you. It gave mama peace to know you would be there to take care of me and Becca. And you did. You took care of me like your own daughter. Thank you. Gracias, mi nana. I better go. I'm getting really sleepy. And I want to tape this up while I still can. Love you, Vicky. Chapter 1 Victoria I open my eyes when I hear my name. I'm lying down in a white bed to my left the window. Pale blue sky to my right to face. The same lady from last night underneath her white coat, I see a shiny green dress. She told me her name before in the emergency room when they brought me in. I am in a different room now. Dr. Desai says, I remember my head is full of words, floating unconnected, moving in slow motion. Dr. Desai is talking sounds without meaning some of the words are coming from her and some of them from someplace in me Victoria I hear Dr. Desai say again in the distance people call you Vicky I nod Dr. Desai pulls up a chair and sits but my bed is so high I can see only the top of her gray head she pushes a button beside the bed to lower it but nothing happens she stands and moves back a step or two to give me space. How do you feel? I can tell she's asking about my body and not my mind. I touch my throat, noticing soreness there for the first time. From the stomach pump, Dr. Desai says, I can give you some lozenges, lozenges if you like. I shake my head. I remember waking up gagging, a rubber tube in my mouth, and a woman with dark hair holding my shoulders down. Then I must have passed out again. I'm wearing a hospital gown. I wonder what happened to my clothes. The skin on my chest is scratched and raw. You're at Lakeview Hospital. Your father agreed to let you stay here until tomorrow, but you can decide to be with us longer if you want to. Dr. Desai says, Want? Decide? The words are like, are like the cascarones we used to decorate for Easter when my mother was alive. Eggshells empty of all life, meant to be admired. What I want now is the silence I glimpsed last night. Do you feel like talking a little? Not really, I whisper hoarsely. I mean that I don't know what there is to say. Dr. Desai offers me a glass of water and I drink from it. I give her back the glass and she places it carefully on the nightstand next to the bed. I am happy to just be with you without speaking if you wish. Okay, we are silent for a while and I don't mind the silence. I think of all the times when I would sit by my mother's bed after she became ill. I read to her from favorite poets her favorite poet and sometimes she would fall asleep while I read and I would just sit there watching her I look past Dr. Desai and say and see an empty bed with magazines on top I hope whoever sleeps in that bed doesn't talk do you know who found you 
she asks at last. Found me? You will surely have died if you hadn't been found. Another 15 minutes and you'd be gone. I guess it was my father and Barbara who found me after they got home. But neither of them ever comes into my room. So how was I saved? Who is responsible for prolonging this mess? Dr. Desai opens a brown file folder. The paramedic wrote in her report that a Juanita Alvarez called 911. Juanita? Something breaks and burns near my heart. A block of frozen shame dissolves and I am flooded with it. Apparently, Dr. Desai says you didn't know. I don't remember much. I took the pills, a pain in my chest, my throat, the ambulance. I remember suddenly the scared look on my father's face when he and Barbara came to see me in intensive care. Dr. Desai waits for me to say more. Monita is my nanny since I was born. She must love you very much. I look around the room for a place to hide my eyes. What happened last night, Dr. Desai says? Asks. I bite my lip last night. Was it me or someone else who saw my father and Barbara leave? Who said goodnight to Juanita and waited for her to go to sleep? The letter I wrote to her, did I manage to tape it to the back of the painting? Vicky? I wait until the pressure in my throat loosens enough for me to breathe. How can you love someone and still try to kill yourself? Dr. Desai does not answer. She hands me the box of tissues and I stare at it until I realize there are tears streaming down my face. I wipe the tears away. Would you like to call Juanita? She reaches into the pocket of her white doctor's coat and pulls out an old-fashioned cell phone, the kind that flips open. Oh, yes. How can I both? How can I feel both with equal force? I'm so ashamed, but I want to hear a voice. She wants to know why. Is all I say to Doctor Desai? Do you know why? No. Then say you don't know. That's it. Something you're trying to figure out. She's going back to Mexico now. Oh. Her arthritis. She can barely. She can hardly walk. My father and stepmother thought it better if she was in Mexico with her family. That's something like disbelief on Dr. Desai's face. Then she nods, understanding, and says, I'll let you have some privacy. She stands and hands me the phone. She walks out of the room and closes the door gently behind her. It is after 1 p.m. That's when Juanita sits down to have her cafe con leche. And a slice of white bread with peanut butter. That's all she ever has for lunch. I let the phone ring once, hang up, and dial again. Barbara had, has told Juanita not to answer the phone because while the messages she has bumbled, but Juanita and her friend Yolanda have devised the secret code to signal a call for her. The phone rings and rings. And just when I am about to give up, I hear Juanita's voice. Hello, Nana, it's me. Hi, Haida, Haida. Her voice is weak, fragile, and tearful. 
you okay? I'm okay. I'm so worried about you. You at the hospital? Your father say you come home tomorrow. I want to go with you last night, but the ambulance men say no. I can't believe I hear your voice. Es un milagro that you're alive. Thank you, Diosito. Thank you, Virgencita de Guadalupe. You know what happened last night? She continues. I in my room asleep and I hear a gato meow, meow outside my door. I never heard a meow like that before. Like someone pulling his tail or something. So I open the door to see and he's meow, meow. I follow him and he run upstairs and on top of the stairs, meow, meow. I don't know what, but then just then I felt something in heart so heavy. I know something very bad. I climb stairs on hands and knees like a baby. I knock on your door, but you don't open. So I think maybe you're not there. But the gato is meow, meow. There by door going loco. Then I open door and see you in bed with eyes closed. So I think everything okay. You asleep, but the gato runs in and jumps on top of you, meowing and pulling your shirt with his nails. I touch my chest. So that's where the scratches came from. Galileo, the name of the cat. I saw the empty bottle. I know they sleeping pills from Barbara. I call 911 right away. Then your father on his cell. Juanita continues. Es un milagro to Angel de la Guada. Made that silly gato save you. He climbed tree, went through window, saw you, and climbed down to my room to get me. Es un mil milagro. Galileo, all that energy and movement are so uncharacteristic of Galileo. He's as serene and lazy and, con and content as only a well-fed eight-year-old neutered tomcat can be. The thought of him meowing or doing anything in a hurry is so strange. What happened? Meninia. Why do you... Why you do something so horrible? Something happened in school? No, no. Do you miss your mama? I miss her too. Your mama wouldn't want you to do this. I know. I say, rubbing my eyes with my hand. Who hurt you? Mi niña, tell me. No one. Nana, no one hurts me. It just hurts inside. I don't know why. Is it Barbara? Is that what happened? No. I have no answers in to these questions. No explanations that make any sense. I feel my head shrinking. Tightening with pressure, as if I were taking an exam in a foreign language. 
on a subject that I never knew existed. She okay? She tries. She needs learn to smile. So serious always. But she not bad inside. Your father, he loves you also. They sometimes confuse about how to love, but they okay. It's so painful to hear Juanita's voice. Why? Nana, I have to go. I wanted to let you know I'm okay. I be here. I'm Vicky. My Vicky. Excuse me. <laughs> I don't go to Mexico until you come home. I stay here with you, if I could always. Nana, she hasn't seen my letter, so I need to tell her. This thing I did, taking the pills, it doesn't mean I don't love you. I know that, mi niña. I know. I know never have doubts. Don't worry, I'll be here waiting for you. Don't forget the gato. Diosito didn't want you to die. Oh, so the cat's name is Diosito. Okay, not Galileo. I have to go now. Don't cry, my little baby. Everything okay, you see. The call ends. I lie there for I don't know how long. My hand on the telephone as if I'm afraid to let go of the voice that flowed through it. Is it possible, I realize, to have people in your life who love you and who you love and to still want to kill yourself it's almost as if part of the reason you're doing it is for them because you are not worthy of their love and you want to stop being a burden to them contaminating their lives with your moodiness and grumpiness and miserableness I feel Juanita's love now I even feel Galileo's love and it makes me feel so much worse. There's a gentle touch on my shoulder, and I let go of the phone and look up to see Mr. Desai. My cat, I say. She sits down in the chair, her hands folded. He meowed outside Juanita's room and took her to my room. Dr. Desai doesn't look one bit surprised, as if in her experience, saving lives is standard cat behavior. I'm glad your cat saved you, she says. Are you? No. The word rises up on its own. A lone air bubble from some drowning breath. It surprises me to see it there, floating on the surface between Dr. Desai and me. She nods as if she appreciates the honest answer. Vicky, I'm going to recommend that you stay here for a couple of weeks if it's okay with you. I think it would help. I think it would be helpful for you to be in a different environment for a while. You can come to our daily group therapy meeting. There are three other young people currently attending. And it will be good for you to be with others, like yourself, in many ways. You and I also meet regularly. And if and a few hours of your day would be spent helping around the hospital. I believe this combination of talking, listening, doing something useful, 
and being around other young people who are learning to live will give you some tools you can use when you return to your previous circumstances. Tools. I imagine a hammer and a chisel. My life inside a boulder I need to crack. A greater understanding of who you are and what you need to do to be at peace with your life. She pauses. At the very least, a time for the thoughts of killing yourself to quiet down. I look up at her quickly. Do you have anything you want to say to me or ask me? She says, I want to tell her. I want to tell her that she's right, that I'm going to try again. Sooner or later, the days, hours, minutes, and seconds of my life will slowly choke me until I feel like the only way to breathe is to die. All the group therapy meetings or private sessions full of talking or comfortable silences are not going to stop me. She shouldn't feel bad when that happens. I want to tell her this because I liked her. I want to spare her whatever it is she feels when she fails. But I don't tell her any of this. I don't even know if I could find the words because the sentences that struggle to come together inside my head get gobbled up by the silence that I'm yearning for. The one I know is always near. She continues. Just think about whether you you would like to stay here. You can let me know tomorrow morning. Two weeks, two days, two minutes, it's all the same. Lakeview or home, here, there. Does it really matter? Sooner or later, I will kill myself. that's chapter one of the memory of light we will continue another episode tomorrow season one episode eight on chapter two the memory of light as we start reading this book i want to at least help people you know at least help people feel calm help people relax at least make people read more and listen more to these podcasts and to these episodes so people can learn from them because suicide is not an option to take suicide is never the choice to make you should never feel like killing yourself you should never feel like that you have nobody out there who loves you for who you are, that loves you for the person that you are. Even if you're rude, even if you're bad, even if you're just straight up crazy, you should always know that there is somebody out there that loves you for who you are. You should never feel like you should take your own life. I've been down that road before. I've been down that road. I felt like that before, you know, many things had happened to me that I wanted to take my life. I wanted to do many things in my life that I regret, but suicide is not the best choice to make. 
So as I conclude this episode of Life Talk, I just want people to think about what life choices and what decisions have y'all made in y'all lives that have made y'all to be the people that y'all are today. What did y'all have to stop doing? What poor choices there in y'all's lives that y'all have made for y'all to be where y'all are today? I just want people to think about that. Give it some deep thought. And hopefully one day, one day, you'll ask yourself, why did I ever think about doing that? Why did I ever make that choice? Why did I ever even have that thought pop into my mind? But just take it into some sincerity and really think about it. And I'm going to come and make another episode tomorrow. So stay tuned. And as always, have a good one and be blessed.